Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, 18 through 29, called The Mountain of Mercy. Could you imagine having breakfast with Michael the archangel? He's going to be high on my list because Michael is a good name. Imagine talking to Gabriel. Imagine what this city is going to be like. The spirits of righteous men, missionaries you've read about, loved ones that you've seen buried, and all of a sudden, your momentary light affliction will come into perspective. That's what the writer is saying. Don't go back. Don't stop marching. Because what is ahead of you is so beautiful, so glorious. He, here's the main attraction, if I could put it this way. God is there. You see, you will come to God who's the judge of all and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. I love the fact that angels are going to be there in joyful assembly. I heard a story uh, from Olive uh, Fleming Liefeld in her book, Unfolding Destinies. She tells how two young Alka Indians, Dawa and Kimo, heard singing after witnessing the martyrdom of five missionaries in the jungles of Ecuador. As they looked over, up over the tops of the trees just after the martyrdom of these Christians, they saw a large group of people. They were all singing, and it looked as if uh, there were a hundred flashlights. Min- uh, angels are ministering spirits. They come to minister uh, to those who will inherit salvation. I shared some angel stories with you uh, at the beginning of the Hebrew study, but one just to encourage you, One dark night about a hundred years ago, a Scottish missionary couple found themselves surrounded by cannibals. Can you imagine that? You set up shop, you're trying to reach this tribe and they're cannibals and now you know they're after you and you know what cannibals uh, want to do with you. And so that would improve your prayer life, would it not? And so the couple found themselves surrounded by cannibals intent on taking their lives. That terror-filled night, they fell on their knees and prayed that God would protect them. Intermittent with their prayers, the missionaries heard the cries of the savages and expected them to come through the door at any moment. But as the sun began to rise, to their astonishment, they found that the natives were retreating into the forest. The couple's hearts soared to God, and it was a day of rejoicing. The missionaries bravely continued their work, and a year later, the chieftain of that tribe was converted. As the missionaries spoke with him, he remembered the horror of that night, and he said to the chieftain, why he and his men had not killed them. The chief replied, Who were all those men who were with you? The missionary answered, Why, there was no man with us. There was just my wife and myself. The chieftain began to argue with him, saying, No, there were hundreds of tall men in shining garments with drawn swords circling about your house so that we could not attack you. You see, these angels that surround God in worship are oftentimes dispatched to minister to those who will inherit salvation. And who knows how many times uh, they have intervened for us and we haven't seen their hand, but they've been there. And we, one day, will be with them in joyful assembly. And we will be, verse 23, uh, with the spirits of righteous men made perfect, all the saints, but of course we will be with God. And notice in the middle of the verse it says, uh, you will be... 
you, this is to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven or enrolled in heaven. Jesus, when the disciples came back, they had been sent out and they said, Lord, we even have power over demons in your name to cast out demons in your name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you in my name. Rejoice that your names are what? Written in heaven. See, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and it was written there from the foundation of the world. I know the judge. And when you know the judge, it makes all the difference. Incredibly, that judge came down from his bench, heaven, laid down his gavel of justice, took off his flowing garments, his robe, and came to this world and took my punishment. That is the story of the gospel. You have come to God, to the judge of all men. Jesus Christ said, all judgment has been given to the Son, John 5, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. And you've come, 24, to Jesus. One day we will see Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. We saw in an earlier study, the blood of Abel, spilled by his brother Cain, speaks of uh, vengeance. I hear the sound of your brother's blood crying out to me from the ground. speaks of vengeance. But the blood of Jesus speaks of what? Grace. And we've been sprinkled with that blood. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. If we walk in the light, 1 John 1, 7, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, keeps on cleansing us literally from all sin. And so what do we do? We're a forgiven people. Some of you here uh, may not know the Lord yet, but for those of us who are forgiven people, what do we do? We go out with the message. We tell the message of the cross. We exploit Christmas time and tell people, look, it's either Sinai or Zion. Make the right choice. Don't refuse. And the next verse gets to the heart of the matter. See to it that you, what? Do not refuse him who is speaking. I highlighted that in my Bible because it appears that that means that you can refuse to come to Christ. It appears that you can hear the message and refuse. You can hear the voice of God speaking to you and refuse. You see, there is a responsibility that we have. Jesus said, and put it this way, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you must come. You must believe. And finally, just the last few verses, and we'll move through them rapidly. And his voice shook the earth, 26, then, there on Sinai. But now, he has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. You see, Sinai is a preview of coming attractions. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says something about his second coming, uh, this is found in Matthew 24. And I'll tell you what, it's so good, you've got to turn there. Just hold your finger in Hebrews. You guys like to study the Bible, don't you? Matthew 24. Let me hear an amen so I know you're with me. All right. Woo! Here we go. Now, there are many people who talk about the second coming and how are we going to know and what will it be like. And Well, here's what I can tell you. When Jesus talks about his second coming, here's what he says. Matthew, first book of the New Testament. 
For just as the lightning, Matthew twenty four twenty seven, comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. This is the second coming of Jesus. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. That's a Jewish idiom that simply means when he comes, it will be plain as the nose on your face. That's the way you could say it. But immediately after the tribulation or the great tribulation of those days, the sun, this is the sixth seal in the book of Revelation, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky. Let me ask you a question. If the uh, sun is darkened and the moon doesn't give its light and the stars in some sense fall from the sky, any natural lights left? Uh, that's it. So what color will the sky be at that time? Black. Now keep reading. This is the sign. Uh, six seal unfolded. The stars will fall from the sky. The power of the heavens will be shaken. And when that six seal happens, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. What kind of sky? A darkened sky. Now you know that God is a being with unmatched glory. When Saul... Uh, who became Paul, saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He said that he shined brighter than the noonday sun. Now, I've gone to baseball games where they turn out the lights and they do the fireworks show. Have you been there? And boom, 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 the fireworks go off. And the little, I like the streamer ones, the ones that come down, you know, because I am a light guy. And, and oh, and oh, and oh. But this is going to be a fireworks show like you ain't never seen. This is going to be the glory. We're going to behold the glory of Jesus in a darkened sky. You want to talk about a grand entrance? Here it is. No one will miss it. You will see the sign of the Son of Man. It will appear in the sky. And all the tribes of the earth will what? Rejoice! They'll say, Jesus is coming! Pray. No? It says, all the tribes of the earth will what? Mourn. And they will see the Son of Man. Jesus, coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. You see, if you go back to verse um, 29, after that sixth seal, notice what it says, the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be what? They'll be shaken. Not only the earth, but the heavens. And when that happens, when the Son of Man comes on the power, with the power, great glory, then he will send forth his angels with a, what? Remember on Sinai? A great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Now go back to Hebrews and we'll be done. Folks, he shook the earth once and he's going to shake it again. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Jesus gave us the image. You remember the image, the story. Two people. One built his house upon the sand. The other built his house where? Upon the rock. What was the difference between the two people in Jesus' story? One hears the words of Jesus and does what? Acts upon them. He's the one built on the rock. The other one does what? Hears the same words of Jesus but does not act upon him. When the wind and the storm and the rains beat against that house, the flood comes, one house stands, the other house falls. The house that stands is the one who hears what Jesus says and puts it into practice. See to it, my brethren, that you keep marching to Zion. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station. It's a daily program. We can be on every day like we are here, and we can be ministering to a whole new group of people. An opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. The door is open. The gospel is free. But the old saying is, someone's got to put in the plumbing. (laughs) Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. In his spiritual workout plan, what is that spiritual workout plan? It's to heal. It's to get better. It's to pursue some things. And one of the things that you pursue is peace. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. That's about the price to go out and get a sandwich, a bag of chips, and a drink. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us expand, we could use your help. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. Thank you so much to all of our partners, all of our listening family, all of our new listeners. We love you. Begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Storm and the rains beat against that house, the flood comes, one house stands, the other house falls. The house that stands is the one who hears what Jesus says and puts it into practice. See to it, my brethren that you keep marching to Zion. Because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Look at Hebrews 12, uh, final few verses. He says this, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Hebrews 12, 27. And this expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things, in order that those things which cannot be shaken will or may Remain. Now let me ask you a question. Which of the two have you built your house on? You're watching the United States right now. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Economic uncertainty. Government uncertainty. We're, we're not sure who we can trust anymore. We're not sure what's going to stand. What's going to stand the test of time? And Jesus said there's one thing that's going to stand the test of time. One kingdom. And right now that, that kingdom is not of this world. That kingdom is the kingdom of God. It's Zion. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. And if you're part of it, you're going to stand. If you're part of it, when the world is shaken, you will not fall. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, 28, let us do what? Show gratitude. Oh, If you like to underline your Bible, you might want to just underline that. Because oftentimes in life, we get shaken up. We go through circumstances 
difficulties, and I'll be the first one to confess, sometimes there's things that unnerve me. News reports, horrible things that happen, things that are happening in our government with laws and stuff, and they kind of shake you. And you've got two options as a Christian. You can let things shake you up, or you can shake them off. Knowing that you have staked your life on a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We receive, 28, a kingdom which cannot be shaken. And because that's true, let us show gratitude. Another translation says, let us be thankful. End of verse 28, if you have the uh, NIV. And so worship God acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe for our God. He's a consuming fire. He reigns. And though the world oftentimes mocks Christianity and puts the Bible aside and says, that's not true, this is not true, I've got news for you. People, get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. You see, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. And I am going to be there with myriads of myriads of angels, and you are going to be there. So brethren, don't lose heart. You belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's the kingdom of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So let us be what? Let us be grateful. You ever get in a mode, go to First John and we're done, towards the book of Revelation, First John chapter 4, and we're done. You ever get an ungrateful attitude? <laughs> I don't hear anybody. You ever get in that mode of what we call stinking thinking? Just leave me alone. I'm going to be in the corner for a while doing my stinking thinking. I'll be better tomorrow. Right? I'm a little shaken. And what the writer has told us to do is when that happens... And think of this little Hebrew church, man. All kinds of pressure. Family tell them, go back to the law. Go back to the temple. Go back to this. Pressure. And the writer's saying, no. Refocus on Jesus and Zion. Look at 1 John 4, 17. I want to leave you with this. 1 John four seventeen. By this love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in what day? In the day of judgment. Because as he is, as Jesus is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. If you're going to Sinai, you ought to tremble. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. You see, man, now that I know the love of Jesus Christ and I know I'm headed to Zion and Sinai is behind me, I'm not going to face God that way. I come to a throne of grace boldly that I might find mercy in my time of need. You've been listening to The Mountain of Mercy, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. 
or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. Well, the bottom line is that we have come not to the mountain of judgment, Sinai, if you will, but to the mountain of mercy. And there we see a cross and a Savior who came to bring mercy through his own death, our merciful Lamb, our merciful God. I had an opportunity to share with a young man this morning who was uh, wearing a cross necklace and, you know, just asked him about the cross and why he wears it. it. It was something that his mom had given him. And I asked him if he knew what it was about. And he knew some things about it, but I tried to explain that the cross is where God put his love on display. Maybe for our purposes today, we could say the cross is God's mercy on display. It's where mercy and justice intersect. That's the cross. The mountain of mercy speaks of the place where Jesus died to express God's mercy. But remember, in, in so doing, Jesus had to take the wrath of God for us. And our God is a merciful God, and he wants you to know him today. Have you, my friend, my brother, my sister, come to the mountain of mercy? Have you met the God of mercy, the God of all comfort? Well, the Bible really teaches that he is really a prayer away. That is, if you would call on the name of the Lord, and keep in mind that when you call on his name, you're calling him Lord. That means king, master. That means there's implications. When you say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe he died on the cross, I believe he rose from the dead, then you are receiving him as Lord of your life. Not just Savior, as beautiful as that is, but Lord of your life. Think about that, because maybe you're in the category where you would say, I'm a believer, but maybe you would also say, well, I'm not quite sure if I'm walking with Jesus Christ as my Lord. Well, the good news is that you can start right now. You're listening to this program. Maybe you stumbled on this program. Maybe this was not your intent to listen to a 25-minute Christian broadcast, but here you are. And, you know, this is not an accident. It's, it's not a coincidence that I'm talking about the mountain of mercy and where to find mercy and grace. You know, according to Scripture, there's only one place it can be found— I'm not talking about someone being merciful to you. I'm talking about the ultimate act of mercy. So you can be right with God, only found in the person of Jesus Christ, our merciful King, our great God and Savior. That's Jesus. Cry out to him today. If you're a prodigal, come home today, and uh, you will find that he will receive you and he will celebrate. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and we've been telling our listening family about an opportunity on a station in Oahu, Hawaii. This would be a drive time opportunity to be on daily, Monday through Friday, and to expand the borders of this ministry into Oahu, Hawaii, but we'd like to go more places. And people have been jumping on, uh, jumping aboard, becoming a Walk in Truth partner. People like Ariana from Los Angeles, who donated $35. Ammon or Amon from Utah, who gave a gift of $50. 
And we've been saying that we still need monthly partners. You know, that's the best way for us to think about budgeting at home. Uh, if you're going to do a budget at home, what do you need to know? You need to know your income and your expenses. Well, that's kind of how it works for radio ministry. If we're going to step out into a new opportunity, we got to know what it costs. And then we have to have some predictable giving because we're making a commitment. So I think that makes sense to all of you. And if you commit to us, then we can commit to more stations. That's the bottom line. If you want to do that and you've been praying about it and waiting, well, here's an opportunity. You can start with $20 a month. Maybe you want to do 50, maybe a hundred, whatever you can do. That's between you and the Lord. But can I encourage you to become a partner? If you believe in what we're doing here, you believe in the verse by verse expository teaching of scripture. You believe in what we stand for and how we go about this ministry. We really could use you standing with us. Here's all you have to do. Go to walkintruth.com and you'll find the directions on how to give to the Hawaii opportunity. You can give a one-time gift, but we're really looking for monthly partners. And we'd love if you could start at least at $20 per month. Walkintruth.com is where you can take care of all of that. We appreciate your love, your support, your prayers, and your partnership in the gospel. We'll see you right here tomorrow for The Lord is My Helper. See you then. Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 through 6, called The Lord is My Helper. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. people.